I was thinking on my way to work this morning. Um, it snows nine months out of the year here. Yeah. June, July, August. It can snow in September, and it just snowed in May. Yeah. Yeah. No. Welcome, right. Colorado. But it's not that bad, you know. I'd rather live here than in Minnesota or Wisconsin, where it gets super, super cold in the winter. Or Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas is pretty similar to here. No, it's not. Not at all. It's more humid, and there's no mountains, just weather-wise. I mean, you just described two major differences. Yeah, I just weather pattern-wise, you know what I mean? I heard horror stories from people who used to, like, live in Minnesota. Like, it's just a pain to get their car started. It gets just so cold. It doesn't do that here. I heard their gasoline freezes. Yeah, exactly. But that, that can't be true. Somebody was telling me a story of, like, they, like, they get out of work at night, and so it's super cold in the dead of winter, and there was something about, like, a hotbed of coals that they would roll under their car on, like, wheels to like heat up their was, gas. Was this our former store manager that yeah. we both had? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that's all I know about Minnesota cold weather. It's from him. But he did not he did not make it sound fun. Yeah, it did not did not sound like a good time. Anyway. Matt, I started recording early just to catch this, you know, just the, the general chit chat between us before we record exciting i'm glad you did that was gold it was gold this is weather talk brought to you by there will be books did you have something an intro i'm gonna save it for next time oh my gosh it's fun it's not as good as talking about the weather but i love talking about the weather yeah as you get older you start to realize that's all the stuff adults did that you thought was super boring uh you enjoy doing the weather and when i get together with friends anymore all we do is talk about the route we used to get there uh, oh, yeah. talk about costco a lot where we buy our stuff um i'm gonna admit something to you i don't like to change lanes in traffic so what i'll do is i know the route i'm gonna take and i get in the lane that i need to be in and i just stay in that lane i do like to if I if I know eventually like I'm gonna be in the left hand lane to turn in a mile or two, I will try to make sure to be in the left lane. I mean, I will I will get there five miles beforehand. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I just don't I just don't I don't see the need getting oh get in the middle get in the right oh get uh, no don't need that don't need that just get me in my lane and I'm good. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? No, I just told you I do the same thing. Okay. Or maybe it's weird, but it doesn't bother me. Okay. It speaks to a very methodical, mechanical mind. Genius, maybe? No, I wouldn't say that. Mm. I bet geniuses drive the same way as everybody else. I don't think your driving capabilities has any effect on whether or not you're a genius. Do you? Do you think, uh, do you think, uh, what's his face? Stanley Kubrick? Or uh, trying to think, who's a genius? Saul Bellow. You think Saul Bellow drove better or worse than anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) I've linked on like a modern genius. Actually, if anything, I bet geniuses don't drive. I was gonna say they probably don't drive. They're eccentric and and either take the train or have people drive them. Because I think geniuses, you know, it's a waste of time for them to be driving around. Yeah. I, I see them on, you know, a subway or just walking aimlessly. But I don't think extra smart people drive better than everybody else. You know what I mean? I think they drive worse. Maybe they're more cautious, but I don't think they're like, oh, that guy's a good driver. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a correlation. Maybe I should let you do your intros more often because I don't know. This has been very. Oh, don't overthink it. It is, is what it is. It is Episode 50. I know. Episode if you don't count the Patreon ones, yeah, yeah. milestone. And we have, uh, I think there's one or two that we recorded but never released. Yeah, from the archives. But yeah, episode fifty of there will be books. I'm Peter, joined as always by Matt. Matt, fifty episodes. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday to us. We're old. Yeah. Get a get a cake. 
We drive like we're 50, sounds like. I've driven like I was 50 since I was like 19. Me too. Had a bad experience. I don't want to get into it. I don't think you... you... We'll do that on a Patreon episode because okay. I'm going to name names. <clears throat> call Ooh. some people, call a whole sheriff's department out. So oh, we'll have to put it by... Get pulled over? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell it behind the, pay, the paywall. <laughs> That's where we put all our controversial stuff. Just all the... Behind the paywall three-hour episodes of you detailing how you got pulled over just, by the uh, Manhattan Police Department. Rossville. Rossville? Is that in Kansas? He's that cop who looked like Farva from Super Troopers. Oh. That's all I'll say. You're letting the goods out early. Hey, you know what? Mm. Knock on wood, I've never been pulled over. You probably shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that? Probably not. I know. I'm Now I'm scared. Because what's good, yeah. I know. Next week, I'm going to be like, I got pulled over three times this week. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's talk about books, Matt. We're picking <laughs> our May Book Club Book of the Month for There Will Be Books. Yeah. Um, you gave me some intel, which I kind of copied. Uh, you said you're yeah. picking new books. They're all relatively new. All my nominees. Relatively. What does that mean? In the last year, 2020 and this year. Okay, me too. I did one. I did two pretty recent ones and then one from last year. Okay. Okay. Um, do you want to go first with your nominations or do you want me to go first? Well, we'll do one and one. One and one. Let me nominate my first one. I okay. mentioned it before in the podcast. I wrangled up a copy. Okay. Debut, debut novel. Debut. Yeah, first guy's first book. It's a mystery, gritty thriller. Okay. It's somewhat local. Some of it takes place in Denver. Groundbreaking thriller about a vigilante on a Native American reservation who embarks on a dangerous mission to track down the source of a heroin influx. Ooh. Ooh. It's called Winter Counts. Winter Counts. By, forgive me if I mispronounce anything, David Heska Wanbley Wyden. I think it's a Native American name. Okay. But it looks really good. It's getting like the the back is all blurbs from like pretty hefty, like CJ Box calls it uh, the novel he's been waiting most of his life for. Ooh. Louise Erdich, Benjamin Percy. Like a lot of people are like, this book's great amazing ingenious debut that's cool i like you know i like that sort of stuff you like drugs and thrillers i know uh, yeah i like uh reading about them it's cool i, I like i want it i want to read it Be Did you get this for christmas no 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 so winter counts winter counts by an author we can't pronounce his name. David. Da- by David. David Wyden. His four names. David. Wyden. Okay. So it's a thriller uh, debut. Kind of drug trade. Is that all accurate? A lot of yeah, blur. yeah, like a little enforcer, a guy who works on a reservation. I think in South okay. Dakota. There's like a new source of heroin coming into. The reservation, he's got to kind of figure out what's going on. That sort of, you know. Yeah, that sounds like a a you kind of book. Yeah. But I'm open to it. Winter counts. I like it. Um, Let's see here. My first nomination uh, is a book. I don't know if I've heard of this author. This author has a lot of books. I think this is either their ninth or tenth book. The author is J. Robert Lennon, and the book is called Subdivision. Hmm. Uh, It's described as a heady, inventive, fantastical novel about the nature of memory and the difficulty of confronting trauma. Uh, Here's a little bit of a plot synopsis for you, Matt. An unnamed woman checks into a guest house in a mysterious district known only as the Subdivision. The guest house owners, Clara and the judge, are welcoming and helpful, if oddly preoccupied by a baffling jigsaw puzzle. Um, it sort of sounds kind of like a, a trippy, mind-bending novel of, 
I don't know. I I was kind of looking at books, kind of like Piranesi, but not like Piranesi. Kind of like makes you think, makes you wonder what's really going on. Yeah. Kind of like a commentary about things while also having a, a kind of a different plot. Kind yeah. of a nerving book. Um, mm-hmm. From what Wait, I, when it says a jigsaw puzzle, do they mean the a jigsaw, literal jigsaw puzzle? Literal jigsaw puzzle. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see here. What other reviews? Uh, I don't know. It sounds sort of like I was kind of thinking it was right up your alley, kind of an adventurous, weird uh, fiction. Maybe, maybe kind of in a genre of itself. Um, I know why I thought of like Charlie Kaufman and being John Malkovich. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, that that's of kind of what the vibe I got from yeah. it. Maybe that's not entirely accurate, uh, but that's kind of the vibe I got from it. And the author goes with the initial as his first name, J. J. Robert Lennon. J. J. Walter Weatherman. Well, there you go. <laughs> there is uh, maybe there's some physics in it. I don't know. Ooh. Might put it out. I don't know. It just seems like a book that both of us can go in. I'm intrigued. Not knowing a lot about it. It's new. What is it called? The subdivision? Subdivision. Hmm. Maybe a little esoteric. I'm not esoteric, but a little, you know, high degree of difficulty. What you mean? All right. Well, I Googled it and I got the Wikipedia entry for the uh, suburban phenomena of a subdivision. So I'm, I'm just going to take your word for it. All right, I'm thinking Charlie Kaufman, a weird, weird book by. Maybe a new author we can, can, can yeah. grow to like. It's his ninth book. Um, okay. Never he heard of it. Cornell University. J. Crew. J. Crew. J. Big J. Crew. Uh, I kind of like that the book has mixed reviews on Amazon. That's kind of intriguing. People are like, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. It's always good. It's always good. It could be, good. It could be a gamble. It, I mean, it, it could is be a gamble. Those experimental stuff, especially by an academic. I don't know if he's an academic. Well, I think I, a, a lot of writers have to teach to make ends meet. That's not fair. The, the cover mm-hmm. has a crow, but it's like a puzzle piece. And the crow is standing on top of a house. I wonder if that's the picture on the literal jigsaw puzzle. Only one way to find out. Well, that's to choose it as the book of the month. <laughs> I feel like you're mocking me right now. We'll see if that happens. No, no, that actually that could be. So I wish I could find it on Google. Well, I mean, picture of a cul-de-sac. If I go clicking around too much, there's a chance I'll accidentally exit the Zoom call. So, <laughs> so we're kind of stuck. Uh, let's just take my word for it. Subdivision. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. By J. Crew. Just kidding. Yeah. J. Uh, Peterman. J. Peterman. J. Robert Lennon is his name. Okay. Anyway. Uh, two outside the box uh, choices for us. First two books. Yeah. All right. You're up next. All right. This is the one of my three that's probably the most up your alley. Ooh, um, ooh I'm ready. It is, it sounds really interesting. It's a book in translation. And it's one of those, it sounds, there's certain blurb speak that makes me roll my eyes. Say no more. I'm already sold. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not the fault of the book. I'm not holding against the author or the book, but um a masterfully conceived and brilliantly written chronicle that distills the tensions on both sides of the Mediterranean into a timely family saga. Uh, Oh yeah, a deeply human story about the specters of identity and decolonization. Deeply human or piercingly human is one of my, you notice that on all like the serious books, the serious work. I like it. Ooh, you know how, ooh, you know this is going to be taken seriously in the right circles if it's piercingly or deeply human having said all that and been snarky it actually (laughs) looks really good uh it's called the art of losing by alice zeniter zeniter it's translated from french it is about you know how it's like a young girl kind of in modern times you know how certain stories the plot is they find out something about their family like their grandfather and kind of go digging into the past and it's kind of like a 
a dual story about the grandfather's path and then it switches back and forth between the then and now mm-hmm. right kate morton does a lot in her books anyway it seems kind of like that only it takes place in algeria Ooh. back in during the the kind of um that whole the the aln the algerian war of independence when they try to kick the french out of algeria i like that element of it then it seems yes. really good it's getting good reviews i just pulled it up yeah it yeah, seems like it's been cool. reviewed all over Europe. Uh, yeah, it's been out for a bit. It just now got translated into English. Yeah, it looks like 2017 is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Sometimes those translations take a bit. Well, usually. I mean, unless it, I would think it's like, a well, I, it takes at least a, a year or two. And this one took, I don't mm-hmm. know, four years. Yeah. Um, this looks interesting. Yeah, you're hitting me in my uh, my weak spot of translated work. Uh, I actually don't read a lot of French translated work. Me neither, um, actually. But it's European. European war. Seems like it, maybe not sad the whole way through, but kind of uh, you know depressing. That war was pretty grim and gritty. The Algerian War of Independence. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That sounds very. That sounds very intriguing. Yeah, yeah. I thought this would be the one that may, may hook you. I'm reading some reviews right now. Everyone yeah. seems to love this book. I love it. Deep, deeply human. Deeply human. Deeply. Human. Some some books are only shallowly human. Some books are just not are quite we- piercingly, you know, but deeply human. You stop mocking that that quote. I'm mocking the blurb, not the book. Actually. I know, book, I know, but it, the book but, I'm advocating for. So the book can the the book can sense that. Mm. I firmly believe. I just don't want to offend the author. That's a very good nomination. I never heard of this book. Yeah. Alice Zet Zenitor. Zenitor? Zenitor? I don't know. We how have you our own it. podcast about how bad we are at pronouncing foreign or yeah. or different last names. Yep, you just gotta roll with it though. This looks actually this is very um intriguing. Yeah, looks good, doesn't I'm it? I'm reading more about it and uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that might that's gonna be tough to beat. All right. Let me do my next nomination. It's also a translated work. Uh from the German. Ooh. Uh it came out, I wanna say last year i believe and the paperback just came out in march uh it's by daniel kelman and it's called till a novel and it is a take on the medieval trickster prankster till uh Utenspiegel, kind of a uh, german mythical legend creature uh yeah. and i'll read you a little bit about the book here uh till is a scrawny boy growing up in a quiet village until his father a miller with a forbidden interest in the alchemy and magic is found out by the church. After Till flees with the baker's daughter, he falls in with a traveling performer who teaches him his trade as a juggler and jester. Till forges his own path through a world devastated by the 30 years war, evading witch hunters, escaping a collapsed mine outside a besieged city and entertaining the exiled king and queen of Bohemia along the way. Uh, it's described as the result is both a riveting story and a moving tribute to the power of, of art in the face of senseless brutality in of history. Uh, until hey, spelled T Y L L. Okay, not apostrophe T I L. Yeah, it's, I think I'm trying to pronounce it like the German would. Okay. I don't know. Uh, it's described as profoundly enchanting, a magnificent story by the New York Times Book Review. Um, the Guardian describes it as a, as a rip-roaring yarn. This, I think, might sell you on it. The Times UK describes it as laugh out loud, then weep into your beer comic novel about a war. Ambitious, clever, tricksy, and self-reflective. Hmm. Till. I actually like that. I like this. I like the trickster gods. They're my favorite. I think, you, and you like kind of like the 
the legend, the myth stuff. Yeah. This is, I never heard of this. I think it's more of a German legend, but uh, I'd sort of heard about this book. It's been on my radar sort of. Uh, it sort of sounds like a, a kind of book you would like too. Mm-hmm. It yeah. actually does. I, I'm tempted. I okay. might be a good one. Do you own it? I don't own it. No. no. Stumbled on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, sounds kind of interesting though, right? No, it does. It does. I like okay. that sort of thing. How long is it? Um, I don't think it's very long. Do, 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 do. 350 pages. Not bad. Yeah. It's no. yarn. It's rip roaring yarn. I like yarns. I like a good story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think we're still, we, I don't think we've, I don't haven't decided yet. We still have two books left. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Your last nomination, Matt. This one's huge. Oh, geez. Bestseller, not physically, just, you know, sold oh. well. Everyone's talking about it. Far the most popular, popular of the three, maybe of the six that we're talking about yep. here. You might know what it is. It's, uh, girl who makes a deal for immortality and there's always a catch a genie or whatever wizards don't just give you immortality and say hey enjoy yourself there's always always a hitch always a hitch and this hitch is you're immortal but everybody you meet forgets you the second you walk out of sight Ooh. and so the main character is granted immortality i think in france in 1714 and then all the way up to modern times. And then somebody, for some reason, she meets in a bookshop and actually remembers her name. And then the book goes on from there. I like this. I like, I like the plot. I don't know what this book is. Oh, it's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Okay. Yeah. B.E. Schwab. Dang, that's a good one. Yeah. I want to read this for a bit. It's all over the place, all over Instagram. We talked about this book earlier. Um, I'd re- I've read two of uh, V.E. Schwab's yeah. books. Um, two of the three in her London Magic series. Pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, fast-paced, good books. I don't know why I haven't read the third one. Um, I think you would like them. But this book looks to be a little bit different. Um, yeah. Dang, that's good. That's good. We don't, oh, this is going to be tough. <laughs> if anything we'll add books to our tbr personal tbr mm-hmm. definitely adding um the art of losing mm-hmm. well i'm gonna add the till actually that's that actually sounds pretty good yeah um that's pretty good yeah reminded me of a little bit Susanna clark okay not necessarily her writing style, but the type of story it is, just kind of that fantastical stuff mixed in with the real world. Yeah. Fantastical realism, whatever you call it. Hmm. Okay. Right up my alley. I no, I'm interested in that book too. Um my last choice is also very popular by an author who is widely read. I haven't read his, any of his books. I've seen one of the the movie adaptations. I think you have two. All right. Um, he wrote a trilogy called the Southern Reach trilogy. Yeah. Okay. And he has, and this is I'm talking about Jeff Vandermeer, and he has a new book called The Hummingbird Salamander. Okay. Uh, it's described as an ambitious ecological thriller. Um. Kind of, the plot's a little bit hard to describe in a way, but sort of deals with a lot of things just below the surface so like it like i said ecological thriller i think a lot of is that southern reach trilogy um delves into those kind of uh themes or and whatnot um this review in the new york times says it's simmering in the background is the low ominous hum of climate change habit destruction international unrest an encroaching pandemic and a litany of disasters glimpsed on TV. Sounds like a little, like a kind of like a disaster novel in a way. 
Yeah. Maybe not the plot itself. The plot seems a little vague, but um, kind of an author I've been circling, circling. Me and, too. Um, the Southern Reach trilogy. Yeah, that has Annihilation, Authority, and Acceptance as the three books. This is a standalone? This is a standalone. It just came out, um, I think, last month. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know if I, that sort of subject matter is totally my, something I'm like interested in a lot. It's obviously important, but I think, you know, yeah. if he's good, he can do whatever. Exactly. The story's good enough. The story's good. I, I you know, it's not. Annihilation, the movie is a great movie. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. That's a very strange movie. I, I actually, when I saw it, I saw it twice. Once on a plane, on a red eye, Ooh. like in, in snippets. And like, I fell asleep for 10 minutes. I was in between two strangers, right? And so Tell me more. I, I was like, I couldn't like lay my head or sleep comfortably. So I like would watch 10 minutes and be like, oh, I'm so tired. And I fall asleep and I wake up. And like, so I watched Annihilation over the course of like four hours in snippets and then i saw it again all the way through it's a good movie and i like um a buddy of mine i work with uh i think i talked to him talked at him a lot he was like yeah i like that movie natalie portman's in it and i had this whole theory about like you know that whole that bubble is grief and self-destruction and each of the characters you know i just, I just had this whole 10 minute thing and i this is like two years ago and i got a text from him a couple weeks ago uh, he was like, "Hey, just watched Annihilation. I thought of you. Like, <laughs> he associates that movie with me because I just talked about him the whole like just ranted at him. Had a whole rant about. Yeah. He does. Uh, this has nothing to do with the books, but the the cover art that uh, for his books is very intriguing. And like, yeah, yeah, like all the. Yeah. Um." I don't know what the cover is exactly for this book, but it's sort of like it has a hummingbird on it, I think. So mm. I don't know. I thought it was a, a big author that I've been interested in. And it's a new book by him. Yeah. So that was my third nomination. Yeah. So uh, to review, I have Hummingbird Salamander. Pretty good title, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that, those two things. I have Till by Daniel Kelman and Subdivision by J. Crew, also known as J. Robert Lennon. You have uh, Winter Counts. Can you say that author's name? David. David. Hold on. I want to get this right. David Heska Wombly Wyden. Okay. And that's a debut um, dealing kind of with like uh, drug, drug epidemic on a reservation. Uh, it sounds kind of upper alley. And then you have a work in translation, The Art of Losing, uh, by Alizette Zeniter, a French novel kind of dealing with the Algerian uh, War of Independence, correct? Yep. And then you have The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by uh, V.E. Schwab. What are your initial... I would say our first two nominations, I don't think we're going to do. Yeah. Not interesting. You don't want to do The Art of Losing? No, no, no. I mean, um, Winter Counts oh. and my... Um, oh, Subdivision? <laughs> yeah. I don't think those got the, like, the, like, a standing applause. Okay. I would have rolled with Winter Counts if you were like, ooh, I'm in the mood for a mystery or whatever, but... I don't know if I am. I almost... Yeah. You know what I almost nominated is uh, my boy Ragnar, the Mist author. Has oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he does it? Yeah. yeah. I almost nominated that. Yeah. Well, maybe but, June will be all mysteries. We'll see. Th let's do thrillers in June. Thrillers? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So let's... Right. First... Okay. If I was going to advocate for one of mine, I guess I'd want to do Addie LaRue. No, of I, yours, I... Of yours, I like Till. Till? Take flyer and like, let's do Till. Let me, what do you think? What, what are your... Um, let me pull up The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Because that's the one I'm sort of... 
I was interested before. It came out last year. Yeah. It's all over Instagram. It's all over the yeah. People taking pictures it's not, of it. I don't it's a standalone. Yeah, it's not part of a series. You know, it's how a lot of book people on Instagram, they take, you know, um, some of the more serious people have have like books arrayed all nicely with like candles and yeah. nice place settings and stuff. This book was all over that sort of thing. I kind of want to do this. Till sounds, I don't know. Till I think we have these, thing. we have these like secondary books, like the Europe, the translated works that I'm, I'm, I haven't read a, I don't think I've read a translated work this year. Hmm. I could, that must be wrong, but I don't know. Um, we could do Addie LaRue as the May book, and then you could go read The Art of Losing on your own, and I'd read Till on my own. <laughs> you know, kind of switch. Just be loners and just be like, let's go read sad books together. Or Well, we'd still talk about them. But... Or I don't know. What do you think? I, I want to read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because that's a book that I've been wanting to read uh, since I heard about it. And just reading some of the reviews, I think it's a book that I'll like. Mm -hmm. And I've read this author before and I didn't have, um, I would say that that series didn't like blow me away. It was very like efficient, entertaining. It's not like one of those like super long fantasy books where you're trying to you know, keep track of a thousand different characters and like a, uh, the magic system is very simple. It's, it's, you know, straightforward, but the writing is very good, entertaining. So I would like to read, let's just, let's do the invisible life of Adam. Yeah. Okay. It almost feels, yeah. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. Like it's one of those that's like so big. It feels like if you like, yeah, books, I, I kind like, of feel like we both want to be, part of the conversation somewhat <laughs> yeah like almost obligated like kind of like the da vinci code was or um i don't know if it's actually, on that level but no but no it uh jonathan strange and mr norell i remember when that came out it, it's kind of one of those that pops up on everybody's radar yeah I was like all right i guess I, I gotta see what all the fuss is about it's on like that level yeah 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 i agree that's, i mean it's cool. when it's getting reviewed by like pretty much every magazine and paper and and sort of magazines that don't really do a whole lot of uh you know book review stuff yeah yeah like people. then you're like okay this book is pretty big within the but it doesn't seem dumb or poppy you know what i mean no it's, it's like a litter like gone girl was gone girl got pretty huge sounds i i'm excited you know I mean? it sounds this, this it been sounds yeah sweet like a litter it's like when a a, a litter a book with literary merit makes the jump into pop culture yeah but it's not a sellout it's one of those few where like i will i will say i'm i'm adding the art of losing to my tbr i'm gonna see if i'm gonna put till i'm gonna see if i can find that soon maybe till also yeah till, till yeah um maybe if i can find subdivision at the library i'll check it out yeah, till might be my thing. I'm gonna find if I find that I might. If yeah, I till is sort of there. that in that realm of uh, legend and myth, kind of reworking and maybe giving a backstory to a legend. It's sort of what it sounds like, and I think that's your thing. It's more yeah. your thing than my thing. Yeah, but anyway, so this we're doing a popular book, Matt, this month. Yeah, yeah, and we kind of chose it relatively early in the month. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually uh, not well, our thing. It's May 11th. Loose, we loose timelines. Well, we're, we're very fast and loose with the months. We're about to record our winter seasonal read. <laughs> in Is it really our winter? I think because Monte Cristo was autumn. So Dune's winter. Oh, man. That's bad. Yeah. It, whatever. We might have to do spring and summer as like. I was gonna bring it up next time yeah. when we choose our new one, but we'll do like our our spring one because it's still technically spring until June. We'll do June twenty first. We'll try to do May June. It'll be like a well or whatever. Nobody. The thing is, nobody cares. We care more than people who listen to it. Like 
I do kind of get worried. I were falling behind, and then I'm like, eh, I don't know if anyone. Nobody's sitting there with the timetable. No if you are, time. let us know, and we'll get. Yeah, on. yeah. We do. We do have busy lives, though. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I did finish uh, our what is this April book last night? Did you? So I'm ready to talk about that. Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it. That's yeah. all I'll say. That's yeah, all I'll say. We're gonna do a whole episode about it. Yeah, Maybe. don't need it. Don't need to delve into it right now. But uh, um, any other? What else is you reading? Anything else? I know you're always. I got uh, apparently when I signed up for my Costco membership card, uh, there it comes with the magazine subscription every month. No kidding. So I got my Costco literature. Do you remember? Um, kind of reminds me of. It's like a serious magazine. It's not just a catalog. There are articles. Do you remember the, oh, that lady, um, Oprah? Yep. Winfrey. She had a magazine. Oh. Kind of reminds me of that. Just lifestyle. Like this, the cover of this one is a cartoon of a guy with a backpack. It says, Natural Remedy. Discover the many health benefits of regular doses of being outside. What? Yeah. Costco is an indoor place yeah this is just a little hey it's healthy to go outside that looks pretty substantial yeah there's like an actual is that just the costco magazine costco magazine came with the membership i just got a coupon in the mail today and i I thought it was going to be coupon for you know 24 packs of uh, cervezas dosa keys or whatever but it was an offer for auto insurance you get your car insurance through Costco. Are you finally Honestly, gonna get, are you finally going to get auto insurance? No, I'm insured. No, oh. I'm a responsible driver. I'm safely insured. I was going to try to catch you out and get you arrested by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Costco. I mean, it kind of feels like I joined a cult. It's a little Scientology-ish. Oh my gosh, you're so nervous about this kind of stuff. I don't know. All my friends are evangelical about it. They're like, "Oh, you got to go to Costco." I haven't joined. I did it. I got all this literature. You joined? No, but I feel yeah. like I'm one of those people. But like Costco's great, and I and I talk up Costco, and I'm not even a member. Why do you talk? See, see what I mean? That's like cult behavior. I know, but that's kind of funny. It's like when you read a when you haven't read a book, but you talk it up. We talked about this before, and you're like praising a book you haven't read, making it seem like you've read it, but being like, oh, you know, that's a just to fit in. Yeah, you do that with Costco. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, good for you. Don't they have gas there? Yeah, gas. They got figs and five-pound things of mayo. What are you doing there? What are you doing? If you, if you're uh, an alcoholic, you could uh, <laughs> you can go on some serious benders. Like the whole middle of the one I go to is just like like twelve packs of whiskey. Like you could you'd ruin your life pretty quick. Twelve packs of whiskey. It's like there's a lot of like heavy duty booze there. In you bulk. go in with a list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go mainly for diapers. I found some dog treats that work. You know, so it's just some random things. Is this once a week or once a month? No, we- once a month. I, I I'm afraid I'm ashamed to admit it in, in my social circles, but I don't like it as much as. Uh, it's kind of bleak. It's bleak. It's like a. a a warehouse and retail, which are t- of, of the two, you know, jobs that I've worked and disliked the most. It's been warehouse and retail, and so it's a weird combination of the two. The employees milling about trying they to pay sell their employees stuff. well. Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to see how, I'm, see how I'm talking about uh, Costco, and I don't even work there. Well, yeah, I we should probably maybe should I should bash them behind a paywall so they don't find out. And if this podcast thing doesn't work out, we may have to both go work there. Hey. Drive forklift. I don't know how to drive a forklift. You do. I do. Do you think I could learn how to drive a forklift? Yeah, I do. Like easily, or do you think it would be? Yeah, they train you. It's a little counterintuitive. The steering mechanisms are. That's what I'm worried about. But you, they train you. They should. They you can do should. a hand, a hand, like a hand truck thing, pallet jack. Yeah, that's kid stuff. It's not kid stuff. That's kid stuff. <laughs> we've delved. We've we're done with books. We're reading. Costco. 
Costco is like Scientology. No, Although Scientology has this out. Scientology has a cooler backstory, if I'm honest with you. What's wrong with Costco's backstory? I don't know. They're Why good. do you hate Costco so much? I don't know. Because I'm a contrarian. Like, oh, you guys like it? I hate it. <laughs> There's certain subjects I'm just afraid to bring up with you because I'm afraid you're just going to be like, I hate traffic lights. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Well, that's not that weird. I'm ambivalent about traffic lights. They serve a useful purpose. Maybe Costco is tied up with Scientology. Lord Zenu. Hey, I don't know Alabama. if we should really get into Scientology because I think they like track people down. That is true. Tom Cruise is a heck of an actor. Oh boy. Weird as he is. He's acting. I'm, that's not snarky. He's a really good actor. I do like him. He's a deranged individual. When's that Top, when's that top Gun movie coming out? I don't care about Top Gun. Why? Having said that, I like the Mission Impossible movies. I've like never seen Top Gun. I saw bits. I don't know. It's. I don't know. I was never a big plane guy, but I like spy movies. Like I don't like trains. I don't like jets and fighter jets and motorcycles and cars. I'm not a big mechanical type. Type. Uh, what do you mean you don't like planes? Yeah, Top Gun doesn't appeal to me. Like, oh, a movie about fighter jets, awesome. Yeah, I don't care. I used to draw tanks when I was a kid. Yeah, big tank guy. Kind of. Cool. Like I would, I'm this part of the podcast is completely worthless. If, <laughs> did you see? If you like you books, you should probably just turn it off because we're just not going to talk about books you, the rest of the episode. Did you see that movie Fury, Brad Pitt? Yeah, that's it's a good movie. movie. It's a really no, good. I would just draw tanks all the time. I think it's the shape of them I like. I don't know why. Yeah, blocky. Probably pretty easy to draw. That's probably the reason. I used to draw castles. And because I couldn't draw, like, I, like my friends and I would do big old castle battle scenes, you know, like a castle with a moat and a river and a charging army. And yeah. because I couldn't draw people very well, my battle scenes with castles would be like ants. How old were you when you're drawing these? Uh, 17, 18. This is like my college application. Stop. I drew a, a battle scene. No, in like, you know, first grade. But like little ants, I remember, hold, hold on, it was little like, because I couldn't draw people, so you just got three little dots and some like legs coming out. Yeah. It was ants battling for the castle. Pretty cool, actually. Kind of so you and your friends would draw battle scenes of ants? Yeah, we we're like fantasy dorks, as opposed to like tanks and... Let me and tell you, theater. my friends did not know I drew tanks. Were you ashamed? Were your friends like? Oh, I would draw them out in the. I would draw these bad boys out in the open. Yeah, you just didn't have friends. Little little trick that I always did was uh, it would always have like an anti-aircraft gun in the back. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't even know that's a real. That's cool. That's normal. Like I would make up tanks. Yeah, you don't have to. You're saying it like it's weird. That's normal kid stuff to like draw what they're interested. That's all I drew though. That's it's okay. It's oh, Peter. It's not your fault. No, no, I'm. It's not your Sounds fault. like I'm ashamed, but I'm right now hey, I'm kind of itching to draw a tank. Listen to me. It's not your fault. Huh? It's not your fault. This is one of the <laughs> weirder episodes we've ever done. I'm not really sure too many people are going to listen to it. But I'm just saying, yeah, that's normal. You're a mechanic. So when I say like mechanical stuff, some kids draw tanks and trains and I would draw like castles and ants with swords and I think the Beatles were the bad guys. I don't remember. When I was really little, I would draw football fields. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that meant either. I'm now I'm, I'm kind of like thinking of what I drew. I would draw football fields. Not even people playing, just football fields. Yeah. Well, that's easy to do. It's uh, like That was young. Light. I was younger when I did that. And then I moved on to tanks. Well, it's like grid-like. And... and then around the same time I was drawing tanks. I would do mazes. I would create mazes. Yeah. How about that? Those are fun. Are you My bored? Are you me, bored uh, by this? You can't be bored. This is this is good stuff. Yeah. This is podcast. We picked My up. My niece draws me uh, like mazes and stuff. They're pretty good. Pretty fun. Do you uh, when you do a maze? Do you go from the end backwards or do you you know? I start at the beginning. See if I can do it in pencil. 
in pencil. You know, this fun, you go out to eat with my nieces and nephews and they get the crayons and the little games. And why don't they give those to adults? Well, I, I take, I get an extra one and, you know, I'm pretty good at, I, I can do those mazes and I color in the, you know, the pizzas or whatever it is you're coloring in. It's pretty fun. It's good stuff. That's all I got. That's all I just told you. Everything I've drawn in my life. A good digression. What I got Costco. Took yeah. care of Costco. I saw uh, Tenet. Oh, how was that? Movie. Good, I think. I I'm heard it was de- of, divisive. I'm genuinely up in the air as to whether I liked it or not. It's a confusing it movie theater movie. It's confusing in a good way. There's a time travel element, and it's going to take more than one viewing to like piece it together. You could tell he made it with movie theaters in mind. He made it with like IMAX. Didn't he demand it be like released or he was trying to get it delayed? Yeah. So it's totally a theater. Like, and I saw it on DVD. So I don't know how much that plays into it. It is entertaining enough. I like the actors and the stuff. I, I don't know. Do you know what it was about? Roughly. I couldn't just. <laughs> The time travel element is not a time machine. It's like certain things are capable of moving backwards into time and it interplays with our our reality. Objects can move backward through time. It's confusing and I don't know if it makes sense scientifically, but it was good enough, I think. It was either a slapdash, hastily produced, mediocre action movie that was shot in IMAX and meant to look kill in a theater or really brilliant and groundbreaking. I can't decide. Or not, maybe not even brilliant, but just like high end action drama. Whatever. I've Is heard. It- yeah. That it might be confusing for confusing sake. Well, yeah, that time trial it's, I won't get into it, but it's wait, what? Yeah. He's his own, he's his own son. Oh, or no. there's like it was like wait who is it? there's stuff. if it's like that I might not like it I want to see yeah, it. it's entertaining enough because there's lots of guns and spies and you still haven't seen Dunkirk though have you no I haven't seen Dunkirk it's another one you're supposed to see in the theaters I think pretty good in the theater yeah. I saw it in the theaters yeah pretty I nice. like Christopher Nolan what I like Christopher Nolan yeah I think he sometimes gets kind of criticized maybe rightfully so. For, what do you think? Uh, I like him. I don't really think too much. I don't really that's think. What's, that's what's important. Yeah. Anything popular is going to get criticized. Yeah, you're just on fire. He gets criticized. But he's Chris. I don't like him. Lots of people get criticized. It's true. We get criticized. We do. Yeah. Cause dumb on the internet. Big dummies. I almost got into a Twitter fight, but I, I restrained myself. What about? Well, it, there was a, a little, I was messing around with Twitter. Yep. And there was a little foot, a poll, somebody like a preseason poll of the 10, 10 top, top 10 quarterbacks preseason. <laughs> the top five is like Mahomes, Rogers, nothing controversial. Dak Prescott was number six and a Cleveland Brown fan who I follow. It's like it's ridiculous Baker Mayfield's not on this list. Should at least be six or higher. And I I just, I was like, you know what? I was like, you know, that's true. I said, Dak Prescott probably shouldn't be on the list. Baker should be on it. And Tom Brady was eight. And I said, it pains me to say this, but the guy did win a Super Bowl, so he should be higher than eight. He should be higher than Dak Prescott, right? So I said that. And then I saw my notifications later and there were a couple of responses from Dallas Cowboys fans or people who were like, did I hear you right? What are you talking about? Like angry. And I looked at their profiles and it was like Dak Prescott, number one Cowboys fan. And so I was, te- I almost like got into it, but then I like restrained myself because I don't want to. Probably they're probably, con- was this on our, there will be books feed or was this? Yeah, on- it was on our podcast. Okay, good. That's good. So I like <laughs> you like, the guy was, you think he's better than Tom Brady? The guy was hurt all last year. Yeah. He ranked higher than Brady. I don't even want to defend Tom Brady necessarily. But two two people were like, do I hear you right? Like angrily. And it was like, like had to, I was proud of restraining myself. Very good. So we're coming up on uh, 20 minutes of no book talk. 
I think people are okay with it. They're okay with it. Okay. Or we'll sure. drop off. We'll look at our numbers and be like, oh man, <laughs> people don't like hearing about how you do tanks as a kid. Maybe we'll get an email about well, it. Well, I think uh, once we get into our Twitter beefs, it's time to end the episode. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So you can get in contact with us. You can get in fights with us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can email us at uh, willbebooks at gmail.com. We have a Patreon account where we released a Goodfellas episode. Yeah. We will be releasing a baseball episode where we just kind of like this, where we just talk about things that aren't book related. We will do some book stuff over there as well. We do kind of talk about the book about Goodfellas too, so... And I was going to say, I, I think coming up on the Patreon, we're going to have, I think we're going to do some polls. Polls. Okay. We'll, we'll do a, a Patreon book club and subscribers will have the ability to vote. Kind of like what we just did, only you'll have like... Yeah, you'll kind of decide polls. what we read. And uh, I'll put a movie up there too. Like, do you want us to do a movie? You want to I like that. A couple of uh, interactive things coming up on Patreon. Yeah, and also look out, we'll be doing an episode on Kitchen Confidential coming up, and also Dune. Uh, and just to remind everyone, we, we picked our May book is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V. Schwab, a very popular book, and I'm looking forward to getting into that. And we will all be also be picking our uh, spring, quote-unquote, book of the uh, book club, book of the month, or season whatever seasonal coming up in the next couple weeks so be on lookout for that we usually kind of do a longer book uh for the seasonal book kind of like dune um or the county monte cristo or first two ones that we did so that's kind of we usually do kind of maybe a a middle or shorter book uh for the month yeah you see anything matt no that about covers it all right so uh Be on the lookout for uh, Kitchen Confidentials here shortly, and uh, we will talk to you soon.